0: Welcome to the Grok Science Show, my name is Chenon Zhang. It might not come as a big surprise that those amongst us who are gifted with physical attractiveness also benefit in many other ways, from being perceived as more capable, more likable, and trustworthy, to ultimately earning a higher average income. This effect has been dubbed the beauty premium. What's interesting, however, is figuring out what exactly drives this effect. Could family background? personality, choice of occupation, or grooming habits account for this phenomenon? Today's interview is with Jacqueline Wong, who is involved with a recent study that aims to answer these questions. Spoiler alert, grooming is important, but maybe not equally so between men and women.
1: Jacqueline Wong, and I'm a sociology PhD student at the University of Chicago, and the research that I'll be talking about today is called Gender and the Returns to Attractiveness. This was actually a project I started even before I started my graduate program here, so I've been thinking about this topic for quite some time.
0: Okay, so... We all know what gender means. That's just, you know, male or female. So what is returns to attractiveness?
1: Sure. So social psychological research suggests that people reward physical attractiveness. So that's what I mean (laughs) when I'm talking about returns to physical attractiveness. Um, A lot of research has shown that... um, Physical, physically attractive people are um, quote unquote easier to trust. People like attractive people better. People rate physically attractive people as smarter, um, as more capable, and just good in general. <laughs> How nice it must be <laughs> no, so
0: so when you talk about returns, it could it's not just monetary value then it's just how other people treat you or perceive you and yeah,
1: absolutely. so, in this paper, I am looking at um, the economic returns to attractiveness, but yes, the research shows that that beautiful people get treated different and they are thought about differently in ways that turn into real material consequences that matter in everyday life.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess if you could talk a little bit about who are being studied in this particular study and some of the, the general findings you got, and then we can parse into each of those.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the data set that I used is called the National Longitudinal Study of Adolescent Health, and this study actually started in the 90s um, with a group of 20,000 middle school students, and every five years since then um, The researchers have followed up with this group of adolescents as they transition through high school, um, through higher education, or into their first jobs. And I'm actually using the most recent wave of data for my project here as people are settling into their, their first jobs or the initial stages of their career. And a lot of research shows that the amount of money that you make during the first stages of your career are very predictive of the trajectory of income that you will make over the course of your working life. So this, I thought, was an appropriate sample for studying how physical attractiveness could impact um, early earnings in ways that could compound over the life course.
0: So when you say how much you start with affects your trajectory, do you mean that the higher you start off on, the greater increase you're going to experience later on,
1: or does so, it depend? So it, it, it depends, but in general, the relationship is the higher you're starting wages when you're young, mm-hmm. the higher the, the wages will be when you're older and at retirement age. Okay. So there's a pretty linear relationship <laughs> between where you start and where you end right.
0: up. so it would be good to start off. Uh, higher higher as always (laughs) yeah so the average age of the people that you looked at are basically what their 20s or um yeah so they're
1: young adults they're 24 to 32 at the time of this of this data collection so like I said they're settling into their first jobs and that will really mark how their wages will grow over time Mm -hmm. okay so
0: what is the 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 returns in this case that you're looking at specifically?
1: Well, so first we wanted to establish that there was any relationship at all between physical attractiveness and income Controlling for a bunch of important variables, that's one of the beauties of this huge data set is the availability of all these other measures that we can account for in order to really identify the relationship between attractiveness and income. So we were able to control for the highest level of education you completed, the type of occupation in which you work. Um, We controlled for personality attractiveness because we know that people's... Um, evaluation of you is really influenced by you know how well you speak and um, how personable and friendly that uh, you may be. Uh, we were able to control for the respondent's background characteristics, so we were able to we were able to control for their parents' education and their parents' status because we know that parents will invest a lot in kids. So your physical attractiveness could really be impacted by whether or not your parents could afford.
2: Mm -hmm. An orthodontist when you were growing up.
1: (laughs) Um, So, okay, just to clarify, when you say
0: controlling for that, you mean if parents tend to be more well-off, then they can afford braces, for example, for their kids. Right. And And so the the kids
1: might get rated as more attractive. And we wanted to take that effect away. We want to know, all else equal is there any relationship between physical attractiveness Mm -hmm. and income? And we find that, yes, the more attractive you are, the higher your earnings are. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And so after we found that, we thought, well, this probably differs by gender because there is just um, a social expectation that Mm -hmm. physical attractiveness or... um, just physical appearance in general might matter more for women than for men. Right. Um, and we, we tested that and we were able um, to show that the impact of physical attractiveness on income is no different for men than it is for women. So what we're actually finding is, regardless of whether you're male or female, being beautiful is a really good thing, um, and so it results in hiring. Was income. that
0: surprising? I mean, did you expect that maybe men get kind of a get get off easier than sure. women because right. maybe they're not judged as right, much? Right,
1: right. So that's exactly what we were expecting. We were expecting um, that attractive women would benefit the most um, right. from from their physical appearance, but. For men, maybe the relationship between physical attractiveness and income was weaker, or maybe it didn't—it mm-hmm. wouldn't exist at all. Um, but there is. We wanted to further unpack that, though, yeah. and this data set actually includes a measure of. Grooming. So, when the interviewers went in to um, collect all the all this data from these respondents, they were asked at the end of the interview to rate how physically attractive did you find this respondent on a five point scale, mm-hmm. um, and then they were also asked things like, "Well, how well groomed was this respondent?" And that includes things like um, hair, makeup, clothing, just general presentation, um, hygiene, cleanliness. <laughs> so, so we were able to to Examine whether someone's grooming Mm -hmm. habits—you know, someone's uh, the work they put into presenting um, themselves—would affect whether attractiveness and income would still have that strong relationship. And that's where we found some really surprising findings when we controlled for uh, for grooming, uh, which is to say that if we were to take away the effects of grooming. Um, does the relationship between attractiveness and income still exist? The answer for men was yes. It didn't really matter how well-dressed you were or oh. what kind of haircut you had for men. If, if the interviewer rated you as attractive, um, it was associated with having higher, higher income. And we know from other research that, in general, people agree on ratings of attractiveness, um, even across cultures. Okay. So yeah, that's a really interesting psychological um, kind of finding. Okay, um, but for women, the relationship between attractiveness and income decreased when we controlled for grooming, and grooming actually became the more important factor in determining um, a woman's income.
0: Oh, okay, so why the big disparity? Other, I mean, the main thing I can think of is cosmetics.
1: Yeah, so I think the way we're interpreting this finding is that the beauty work that women perform is much more important than the beauty work that men perform. There is more beauty work that women perform like you said. There there's makeup, there're haircuts, there's yeah. manicures, there's the jewelry. Jewelry exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, the way you dress is a lot more varied um, than what men have available to him, to them perhaps. Right. So, so we're finding that grooming is much more important to whether or not women can present themselves as attractive Mm -hmm. and thus reap the benefits of being beautiful. That's very interesting. So you said that this is something
0: that you expect or previous research has observed across cultures, but I was wondering, I mean, I read maybe in the last year or so about how the cosmetics business is booming for men in Korea, and that the reason is because of the perception that this would actually help them in the workplace present themselves as better groomed with putting their best face forward, that they're more likely to get raises and stuff. So do you think that this could be something that's different between an American... Um, study population compared to
1: Yeah, so what I said earlier um, when I said that um, ratings of attractiveness are pretty consistent across cultures, I th- what I meant was within a culture different people will generally rate other people the same level of attractiveness. Oh, okay. Um, so what we perceive as being attractive is consistent across. Right. Is uh, consistent within your within your cultural context. So um, okay. the way I would rate a third person would be very similar to how you would rate another person. Give even though we are different people, maybe with different backgrounds. Okay. But yes, I mean I do know about things like the growing importance of grooming for men. Mm-hmm. We had. The concept of the metrosexual, <laughs> and yep. um, you know, a, a, a growth in male salons that do more than than just haircuts with beard trimming. And um, <laughs> actually, the newest thing now is lumbersexual. <laughs> if you ever heard of that? <laughs> I, I have.
0: Yes. <laughs> so the beard trimming would be the, quite right. Important. So the beard
1: trimming would be important. So so I mean, given given that that's what I'm seeing kind of in popular culture, I expected maybe that the effect of grooming for men would be equal or maybe just a little bit smaller for men than for women mm-hmm. but in this in this data set i found that the effect of grooming on income was much larger for women mm-hmm. and what what we think about theoretically when we when we go back into academic thought on this is the propensity for us as a culture to control women's behavior more than we want to control men's mm-hmm. And Hold on, um,
0: let's let's unpack that some more. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're talking
1: about why we observe this or yes. what's
0: going on under the, right. the hood, kind of.
1: Okay. Right. So this, this, we think, is um, going deeper into some of our cultural assumptions of what it means to be a man versus mm-hmm. what it means to be a woman. And in our culture, uh, men are given a lot more freedom over their own agency, and feminists would argue that uh, women don't have as much freedom as men do in many arenas, including even our own bodies. Mm-hmm. And so this difference in the effect of grooming is one of the manifestations of women's lesser control over their own appearance. Right. So what, how we're interpreting this finding is that women can only reap the benefits of being attractive if they behave in the socially acceptable or the socially prescribed ways that we want them to act. So we want women to be beautiful. We want to see that you do your hair. We Mm -hmm. want to see that you wear makeup. We want to see that you wear heels and Mm -hmm. flashy jewelry or whatever um, it may be. But we don't have those same expectations for men. So, men, so the, it's kind of like men
0: can do whatever they want, but still have the same levels of respect or expectations of competency. Right. Um, regardless of their appearance, whereas.
1: Right. Women, whereas women have to work mm-hmm. for it. They have to prove that they're playing by the rules, and therefore they will get rewarded right. for playing by the rules. Ah, so sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, yeah, when I saw that, I couldn't tell if it was something good, because in a sense, I felt like, okay, that gives me more control over how successful I could be in the workplace. But on the other hand, it's not good, because it should not go, you know, it should not depend on that.
1: Right. So, I mean, I think, I think that it goes both ways. And I think both are absolutely correct. I mean, I think these findings might say that, well, if you want to make a good impression, like on your boss in your workplace, um, as a woman, putting a little bit of effort into looking put together might pay off. Right. Um, at the same time, though, you're right. It's not fair that you have to put in this extra work that may or may not be related to your job, right? In order to achieve the same outcomes as a man would, who, mm-hmm. who doesn't have to put in this kind of work. Um, and, and so I think the recommendations there for maybe workplace environments is having really a concrete set of criteria on which you rate your employees. Um rather mm-hmm. than rather than being very influenced by their physical appearance um have really concrete measures of work performance right um and if physical appearance is is part of that, then make sure that men and women are are getting rated the same mm-hmm. on that front yeah. rather than letting a sloppy man slide <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. or 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 penalizing a woman who um perhaps doesn't want to dress the way Mm -hmm. that that you expect her to, um, if it's not necessary for the job. But it could still be in
0: a in a professional manner. So I want to go back to the idea of women who groom being able to get more out of it in terms of returns. Um, So what about the idea of who in terms of a hiring situation, Mm -hmm. who the hiring manager is, whether they're male or female, and what are some of the thought that goes into the differences between gender attractiveness and how that will help you or maybe hinder you.
1: Other research has shown that men are a little bit more susceptible to being influenced by physical appearance than women are. So um, they, they have done some interesting experiments, um, other researchers, not, not me, not in this particular study, um, but other researchers have done experiments where they present resumes to um, men and women who are told, pretend you are a hiring manager, look over these CVs, here's a picture that's attached to these resumes, and let me know who you would hire. And they would vary the the resumes and some were good resumes and some were bad resumes Mm -hmm. Um, and then they would vary the attractiveness of the person in the picture as Mm -hmm. well as vary the gender of the person in the picture. So um, women hiring managers in general weren't too affected by by whether or not the applicant was physically attractive. But men who were in the position of hiring manager when hiring women tended to favor the physically attractive women. Mm-hmm. So this is something um, I think would be good to know um, in, a, in a company or, or in a business is to help your hiring managers step away from those biases um, yeah. that are so pervasive, especially for men who who might be more influenced by physical appearance than they should be and I mean that's that's
0: why this study that you've done and and those types of studies are so important to just make us more aware of our our hidden biases that we're not even absolutely um, well that we're not aware of (laughs) (laughs) oh okay so the in this particular study um you mentioned that the interviewers are asked to rate the the respondents Mm -hmm that they did the rating at the end of the interview. Right. So how does that affect one's perception of someone's attractiveness? Because I, I imagine if someone had, like, a super sparkling personality, I would definitely... Find them more attractive. So yeah, what, definitely. So that?
1: we we were able to control for the interviewer-rated personality attractiveness of the respondent. So taking away the effects of how attractive the personality of the respondent was to the interviewer, is there still an effect of physical attractiveness on income? Um, again, that's one of the wonderful things about this data set. It is so rich that mm-hmm. we are able to really um, account for many factors that we think could be impacting this relationship. And yes, I I believe that this data set has been criticized in the past for having their interviewer ratings after the interview, because Mm -hmm. it is really influenced by the interaction that you've had with this respondent for the last two hours. but. Given so many different respondents, 20,000 of them, and given almost 500 different interviewers, we think that if we average it all out, mm-hmm. we'll get a result that will at least point to maybe what that relationship is on average.
0: So, but the fact that the interviewers are asked to also rate the person's Person- personality, you are able to Try to parse out what the the root of the right um, attractiveness and, is. Right? Yeah,
1: and in addition, we um, we thought, well, maybe if an interviewer just had a really positive experience with this one respondent, they would rate them attractive in both personality and physical attractiveness. Right. So what we did was we also controlled for personality based on a psychological personality test that the respondent had to take that was completely separate from the interviewer. So we controlled for the big five personality characteristics, Uh which are, um, five very core aspects of personality that, um, people tend to use in psychology, Mm -hmm. um, such as extroversion or introversion, um, openness, conscientiousness, and neuroticism. So we were able to take, I guess, a more objective measure of personality and try to make that even across all of the respondents and see if there still is some sort of relationship between attractiveness and income. And how much of it did
0: you find was uh, attributed to personality?
1: I mean, I guess one of the interesting things that I did notice was in looking at the relationship between personality attractiveness rated by the interviewer and mm-hmm. physical attractiveness rated by the interviewer there wasn't a perfect correlation okay. there was not a perfect one-to-one of if one if the interviewer thought the personality was attractive mm-hmm. they would also find the person physically attractive okay. so there okay. was variation um, the same with grooming it wasn't that all the physically attractive people were also well groomed mm-hmm. there were some <laughs> cases um, you know and a good sizable number of cases yeah. where um, the physical attributes of of the respondent were attractive to the interviewer but the interviewer also rated them as not well groomed maybe those are
0: the ones that are so attractive that they can they know they can afford <laughs> not to <laughs> handle their grooming as stringently so how how does age play into this I guess this group is sure. not, too, uh, not too
1: they're not too varied in age yeah um, the age range of 24 to 32 is both socially and developmentally pretty similar for, mm-hmm. for even those at, at the endpoints. Um, and I will say that the, the respondents on the older end of the distribution, the ones who were in their early 30s, there were m- much fewer of those respondents. So these were mm-hmm. generally respondents in their mid to late 20s. Right, well, and I, I guess that's more relevant
0: to your original question, which is about how much what you earn earlier in your career affects um, right. Eventual. Right. Wait, your eventual earnings later. Earning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that your findings suggest that in the same ways individuals do gender or mm-hmm. do race. Mm-hmm. Individuals also do attractiveness. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, this, um, this idea, uh, goes back to, um, some of the fundamental sociological theories of symbolic interactionism which comes from Irving Goffman where social interactions are performances um, that we do with each other in order to maintain some sort of uh, coherent social um, Mm -hmm. process. So this idea is that gender and race are not biological, genetic, or predisposed Things that we're mm-hmm. born with, they're rather things that we enact and perform and recreate on a daily basis through our interactions with people. Mm-hmm. So the idea of doing gender comes from the researchers West and Zimmerman, who, who describe the ways that men and women interact with each other in ways such that Women are subordinate in interactions where men tend to be dominant. Women will um, step back and be, quote-unquote, better listeners, uh, while men tend to dominate conversations. And they're arguing that this isn't because we're born this way yeah. or biologically predisposed to be this way. It's because we are creating this type of hierarchy or this type of status difference in the way we interact. So um, the findings that we had around grooming, which is an activity, it's not something that you're born with, whereas maybe attractiveness could be something that you're born with. If you got really lucky and have really beautiful parents, (laughs) maybe Um, you're a very beautiful child. Whereas maybe physical attractiveness, you might be able to be born with it. Grooming is something that you do. It's something that you actively cultivate. So um, it's possible that the status hierarchy that we've constructed as a society or as a culture could be dismantled if we all just stop playing with these rules. Yeah. Yeah, I like that.
0: That was an interview with Jacqueline Wong on her recent study on gender and the role of grooming on the beauty premium phenomenon. We hope you enjoyed the show. For more episodes or information, go to grox.net and follow us on Facebook or Twitter. See you next week on the Grox Science Show.